Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast on Babble. This is Matthew. And this is Kevin. And we are doing the episode... <laughs> uh, oh, crap. I forgot what it's called. Uh, uh, what's past is prologue. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like this hmm. is going to be a shorter podcast. I feel like... Even to entertain ourselves, like I was, uh, I just put together the last one because of technical issues. It took forever. And that clock did it like an hour and a half. We were literally twice the runtime of the episode and we weren't even watching the episode. Um, so I, I really feel we can probably knock this one out at a slightly brisker clip because many of our comments can be taken as read at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could just dive into the plot, I suppose. It's a shallow, the, it's a shallow jump. Um, I mean, really, my biggest problem, like, the reveal was what it was. They they made their bed. My biggest problem was this episode spent doing in the Mirror Universe what DS9 did in the Mirror Universe, which was expect me to care about the thinly plotted, poorly explained politics of a world we're unlikely to see again ever or if, again, in similar light detail. So it's just kind of like, I don't really care who's emperor of the Terran Empire. It's just the, the, like, they, I'm just not going to. Um, the most I've ever cared about mere universe politics was probably through Amir Darkly, but that was because they managed to do, over the course of two episodes, a fairly fun job of sketching the politics and Hoshi declaring herself empress was, was fun and that, that kind of brisk ridiculous way that mere universe episodes can do beyond that i couldn't possibly care less so it's just like like they did the thing i was afraid they were going to do when we got to the mere universe in the first place and for like three episodes managed to not do when the story was about burnham and the the costs of pretending to be evil that's interesting because i care about burnham i do not care about Emperor Giorgio, I do not care about Mir Lorca, so the machinations betwixt them are nothing to me. And that's kind of the mere plot for me in its entirety. Yeah, you know, I I will say, <laughs> and this is possibly the faintest praise that's, that anyone's ever been damned with, but um, I do like this better than the DS9 Mirror episodes. Um so I, I was bored for a, cons- a considerable portion of the runtime. Um, and really the only, you know, like you suggest, the only truly interesting aspects of the story are what aspects will impact the people we sort of kind of still care about, which is the, I don't know if we're going to call them prime universe or not. Uh, you know, the, the discovery universe characters, as opposed to the mirror discovery universe characters um you know like will any of this stuff impact them the fact that burnham took Giorgio with her is kind of a little bit maybe interesting i guess but it took like 45 minutes to get there so you know during those 45 minutes uh i mean there let me just look at my notes here as far as the mirror plot, we've got <laughs> a containment field con- uh, containing the core, which if we can just fire a torpedo at it, it will detonate the whole ship. And this is the sort of you know uh, action movie set piece that was popularized by Star Wars. But then no, re- I, I've done my written half of the review already and my... Um, not to brag, but I did get there on my own. I call yeah, this literally, yeah. it's literally, I mean, the whole episode was a Star Wars movie and that's, that's not a dig at Star Wars. I know we, we, we do rag a little on Star Wars here, but it's, it's in good fun and the way that soccer teams rag on each other. It's, 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 it's sportsmanlike thing. Um, well, and I watch Star Wars and I generally enjoy yeah, it and like, I like, but this have one, enjoyed it more than Discovery so far. Um, like this is a Star Wars plot, a, a thinly constru- uh, a thinly sketched out good versus evil body politic, a sword fight, and a suicide run down the gullet of a superstructure. Check, check. check. To be to be somewhat fair here, it it's kind of evil versus evil. Although then they sort of oddly tried to like make Giorgio right. nice Giorgio or something. Fed you ganglia like twelve <laughs> hours ago, like. 
and again, had they maybe had they stayed even longer in the, at least the good stories of the mirror universe like i said i i think there's room for a nuanced story about a ruthlessly pragmatic ruler who is not uncomfortable with her moral gray areas but is not consciously willfully like in her own self-description evil you know what i mean like you there's a she has to think she's the good guy of the story right and because that's what everyone does even Lorca could like they managed even to botch this for me because they even if Lorca were willing to do the same things uh, uh, my love of roman history and I think they were pulling some conscious notes there is like everyone who went to seize the throne thought they were doing what was best for the empire. Even if that was a delusion for what, because they just really wanted it for themselves. Like, like everyone on both sides was like, well, I'm the evilest. And like, that does wear a little, it like, yeah, it's like, like it's weird. Giorgio got this like weird redemption arc that didn't really happen in the story. It wasn't like she, you know, showed mercy to one of the rebels or, you know, saved Burnham's life when she didn't have, like, there wasn't really something she did to marry, like, and, it, and if the way they go, it was all on Burnham's side. It was all yeah. her. And if that's for... the story they want to tell, I'd actually be interested in that story. Cause Burnham keeps fucking up and we've liked Starfleet officers who keep fucking up before. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I just don't know if the show will take the time next week to really build what do you think is ha- what you're never going to get the hug you're you, from from either of your adoptive parent figures you are even nev- if you did get the hug it wouldn't be the hug you want yeah you know like <laughs> she she can't replace yeah yeah i mean i guess we're going to get sarek in the next episode yeah i it, saw that let, let's get there when we get there yeah, as yeah. far as the the new twist <laughs> the, the next twist in discovery yeah. um as far so there were a lot of like Chekhov's guns in this plot uh the most sort of egregious being the door that oh, opens the, up oh yeah the moon door it was essentially the moon door yeah um <laughs> like there's no reason to have a door that opens to the vacuum of space in your throne room even if you wanted to space people as a form of execution uh something other science fiction um uh franchises have done to chilling effect when done well you would just do it in your purpose-built airlock like there'd be no need like like just from a purely design standpoint it's like yeah it just drove it drove me nuts and you're right it was like i i mildly enjoyed the fake out with stamets and then they shot him not that i really cared about mirror stamets he did have some good reaction faces he had a very gif worthy episode there's a lot of him scrunching his face that i think will make an excellent reaction gif uh over the over the years to come uh and Except then they... good reaction gifts generally are of people you care about yeah well i can i can't up. say yeah. i'm there uh, not on mirrors yeah uh but then they no, did it with statements L- in general i will say i am thrilled Lorca is irrevocably dead i mean there's sure there's prime Lorca, but i'm i'm thrilled that after kind of, like if they're going to do that with that character then he needed to go like they, they they're i i'm thrilled that they re- they did it and it's bad but it's done so a couple more notes about the mirror the specifically mirror aspect of the story uh Lorca in his sort of pitch to Burnham uh is says that the Federation is this childishly idealistic experiment social experiment doomed to failure uh like that sentence could be in a better episode in a better series, but we've not really seen anything of the Federation in this series. You know, it's like the kind of thing that was said in the Abrams movies, you know, the Federation is a peacekeeping armada or it's like, is that really as far as you're going to go in, in terms of establishing that? Because we've seen nothing. We've seen no, you know, strong demonstrations of Federation ideals, you know, and it's, that's the kind of thing that they do that they mention it in a line of dialogue. And then it, it's not really backed up by anything and it's not really followed through by anything. So the other instance in this episode is when, and I mean, my brain hurts just saying this, but the, you know, 
if the mycelial network becomes completely contaminated, all life in every universe will cease to exist. It's going to be a real bad day for a couple of those multiverses that are just like, we're just, you know, having yeah, tea, we didn't do anything. Reading, a, reading a book and, oh, look, the universe ended. Uh, like I said, you, you I, would think if it was that easy to contaminate this mycelial network and destroy all life in all universes, then given infinite universes, it would have happened already. You know, like it's it's a it's a horribly stupid idea. But I feel like someone on the staff was like, OK, here's a chance for the Discovery crew to show what great Federation people they are and sacrifice themselves. Right. You know, because because they they're going to save all life. And like okay and they even used like the the sort of no win scenario uh language that, that was of... actually like the lead like i'm thrilled no one actually said the needs of the many because that would have been the <laughs> reference too far i actually didn't mind the scenes on discovery for themselves like we've criticized the show for talking and not doing here they were at least doing they were so, sort of i they mean they were doing like let's 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 you know, let's be fair where we have to be um, no like, look look they say we're gonna sacrifice at the ship you know it's like and they all sort of grit their teeth and it's like wow there's a dramatic moment and then like 40 seconds later tilly like solves the problem and oh don't worry <laughs> we're not gonna die we can totally get out of this no win scenario and we'll just go home it'll I, be great I liked it, and I, I liked it for the actors. Um, in that scene, it felt like Jordy realizing the solution with uh, the the scientist du jour he had an inappropriate crush on. Um, but no, like it was fine. Like they were doing on screen what I've wanted them to do more of. So I'm not going to be mad that they did it. I want them to do I, more of it. In fact, I think they paid lip service to what we want them to be doing, but didn't actually do it. No, I think they. Um, I think this time they cleared the line. Was it the best example? No, but I, I think they they did it. All of the people in the room acted like they were diligently working to make a grim but necessary sacrifice, and however long they spent there, they did it. Now I would like them to do it again and longer and make it the fulcrum of the episode, but. Apparently, I can't have everything I want, but I will praise things that are praiseworthy. And well, look, I liked it when Saru was like, "This is our ship now," you know. And I was like, "If only I could believe that," <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. But if only I could believe that, like that would give me, you know, some hope, I guess. Um, of course, he also, you know, with the other hand, he sort of broke out the. You all know that my species can sense death. And I don't sense it today. Ha ha. You know, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. It's like they saved that line in the first couple episodes, and now they've just gone back to the. the ugh. So I guess Kelpians sense death. In the same, I, I, I still in the same way that the mycelial network no, is. I, I still magic think you're over. I believe both uses were figurative. Like his his first one was that that they are they are a prey species. They would obviously have very attuned. So they yeah, would evolve. That him. was figurative. This was. I think this he was, was not as figurative. I think he was being like, you know, he was giving a morale speech. I don't think he thought himself being literal. I just I just don't. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, we can agree to disagree on that. I guess. Um, Lorca, in his pitch to the other mirror denizens. Uh, delivers the line that he wants to make the empire glorious again. And I, I felt like that was a conscious reference oh, to yeah. certain horrible people today. The problem is that it doesn't really make sense for his character and there's no real mapping on to the, if you're reaching for allegory, there's really no allegory there. It's like, well, there's nothing we haven't seen what is actually happening in the mere universe that would, give us any sense that this was anything other than just, I want power for the sake of power. Like there was yeah. just nothing to, um, you know, think about. Um, let me just say one yeah. more thing about the end of all life in all universes. Um, it, in addition to being a really stupid idea in terms of trying to map it on to the idea of infinite or potentially infinite universes, because it just would have happened already. Um, it also, like, if Mirror Stamets is roughly as intelligent as regular Stamets, presumably he doesn't want to commit suicide, you know, and doesn't want everything that he cares about to be destroyed. And so why would he continue 
it like the logic makes no sense from there. That, that one bothered me less too. I think, I mean, it was a pretty heavy handed slap, like that conversation of like, well, I mean, it was, it was practically like a season one conversation from TNG. Like, yeah, how could yeah. people do that? Well, people were stupid. Uh, to be fair, people are stupid. We, we are in fact running our planet into the ground. Well, like ostensibly we are self-preserving creatures, but because we're also extremely myopic and what we consider to be self-preservation, um, sure. we're, we're making horrible, uh, life ending on a grand scale decisions maybe so, not through the multiverse but yeah it, were, were i to be the editor or the you know part of the show running staff i would say you know here's an idea that could actually stand some development why don't we cut the 15 minute fight scene down a little bit and actually develop this thought well i just you know? would have said you're a, you're at like a 12 can we bring it back to like a soft nine like even if they just said it will destroy life in both our universes or yeah. destroy life in our galaxy in both galaxies i would have said okay that's acceptable i would have, i like i would have lived with that i'm not saying like it the the, the whole mycelial network folder which all their ideas go into offends me like an order of magnitude less than it does you. That is just the nature of where we both are. So I was also annoyed. I was, I just kind of slid right past it. I'm like, it's the MacGuffin. It is the stakes being raised. Obviously they're not going to destroy life in the multiverse. So that is. Well, the... And so there's no stakes. And so it's uh, just, well, I mean, just... have we, did we ever doubt the enterprises shields would hold at 2%? I mean, it's a trope for a reason. It's like, uh, I, I don't I want to be mad at Discovery for the things I should be mad at it at. I don't want to be mad at it for engaging in tropes that literally every science fiction franchise of any quality engages in largely as a function of being a science fiction franchise. There's always I a grand threat that will be stopped in the nick of time. I can no, I, I can move Kevin, on from that. I see what you're saying. And I I seed the idea that other shows do do this to some degree, but those were never the only stakes in those other shows. Do you see what I mean? Like here, it's it's really the only stakes. The only stakes is the destruction of the universe. I'm, I, because I, I, I will qualify your statement by saying there. Are, I think there are episodes where it was the only stakes, but we acknowledge those were lesser episodes in the constellations of their of their shows. Um, I would say like. I think the thing I th the thing I thought about, and I'm kind of wondering if I'll think this more next week, is um, they keep talking about the Federation being unequipped to handle the world, and I thought like Deep Space Nine did that pretty well. In the Pale Moonlight is a great episode, largely because it has that conversation between two characters I already care about who act consistently with their characters throughout the episode, and the conversation does last like I think a whole you know three to five minutes at a stretch like so i, I just want... i think the i think the problem with that thesis as you know the motivation for any character is that <laughs> this is a fucking galaxy striding civilization you know it, it's like they, they would not be a political power if they did not have some realistic means of delivering the sorts of security, the sorts of, you know, economic stability, you know, all the things that a successful government does. This is a successful government, you know, it is, it just is like they've solved so many problems to become the Federation. You know, they've solved the problems of need on planetary scales. It, so it, I mean, and, even if they and want I know to people, yeah, the, the... I, pe people argue that that somehow blunts drama. I don't think it, I don't think it does at all because humans can still have drama with each other. You just, you don't have to have the sort of civilization ending bad guy, death star slash, you know, mycelial network destruction like that. That's not a meaningful stake. There are, there are many more meaningful stories to be told, you know, in terms of, in terms of ethics, in terms of, uh, you know, is this how people actually want to live? You know, is this society stifling or is it freeing? You know, what, what do people do with their time? You know, what does it mean to strive for self-improvement and to not be focused on the acquisition of things? Like, these are all fascinating questions. Destroying the universe once a season or twice a season is boring. It's dumb because you're right. We know it's not going to happen. There is, there is never any fear 
in us that it's going to happen. The only potential fear we could ever have is for characters who are well-developed who are in peril, you know? Now, we don't have any of those. And the peril can be easily dismissed by saying, they're not. I know the show's already been renewed, right? So, who cares? Um, there, there were a lot of sort of dumb aspects of the mirror plot. Uh, like, apparently, Burnham and George O had a plan. Did you, did yeah, what was the plan? Hope what he was doesn't that shoot plan? you on sight? Yeah. It's like, let's go just you and me and fight four dozen people um, and somehow not die. It's like, and then, and then Giorgio actually says, it was, it was a good plan, Burnham. And I just, you know, I like smacked my forehead. I'm like, what plan? Yeah, I wasn't sure what the plan was. Um, I will say, okay, from a purely production standpoint, despite going on too long, um, both the firefight in the hallway and the fight in the throne room were like well-constructed non-Trek-foo scenes. There was no cowboy punches uh, to aliens four times their size that make no sense. Like, if nothing else, I am not surprised that Michelle Yeoh knows how to act her way through a complex hand-to-hand -hand combat scene. I believe that is easily in her wheelhouse. And I will admit, when she did that little, like, rocket kick to Lorca's that face... That was a kick too far. I, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm like, I wonder how much, like... Nobody can do that. That's not anatomically possible. <laughs> I still enjoyed it. Like, I'm like, yes, I want to kick Lorca in the face, too. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for saying what we're all thinking. So, no, I think some parts of the fight were all right, but when uh, Giorgio and Burnham started, like, doing synchronized martial arts maneuvers, my eyes sort of, you know, rolled back in my head and, you know, in in part, I was checked out because the whole thing was sort of dumb and boring. You know, they they should not have survived. Uh, their their plan was ridiculous uh, to 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 extremes. You know, it's like just storming into a fully armed group of people. You know, just the two of them. Oh no! Yeah, I, he he obviously should have shot her the minute she got in the room. I appreciate that. It is a it is a classic villain dum dum. Like the only villain I'll accept that from is Chaotica. <laughs> yeah well and i would much rather watch chaotica so there's that um so yeah you know as far as discovery destroying you know the the thing to do the thing it's like first of all discovery like starts taking pot shots at this ship and like breaks the window so that there's like a vacuum it, it's like does this thing not have shields are there not any other ships surrounding the, the, the headquarters of the Empire, apparently? Do, do they have guns on a thing? I just... I, it was stupid. And then, yeah, we have the obvious, you know, sort of Death Star parallels, you know, like, fire the torpedo, make sure you get a good shot. Uh, and then you have sort of the surfing on the wave of the thing, you know. So, fine, that, that was stupid. The, the next sort of big twist is that they get back to their universe, whatever we're going to call it, and they discover by a map that somehow updates itself with complex political situations despite the Federation being right, I was destroyed. Gonna, I didn't understand where that map came from if they weren't getting even automated signals from Starfleet. That made, yeah. Are that there buoys no or something that just like keep track of territory? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, the map told them that the Federation has basically lost the war. Uh, you know, bum, bum, bum. Uh, you know, big twist. I have some questions, you know. It's like, I, how in holy hell can they claim, unless they're just going to undo this all, that this somehow maps onto the prime universe in which TOS is basically happening concurrently? I don't remember it ever being mentioned that the Federation was conquered by the Klingons. Well, I assume they're going to go back in time, and that's how yeah. they're going to fix it. I mean, that's which, which is dumb. You know, it's like, why are you making me watch this stuff if you're just going to undo this stuff? Um, I, you know, there are time travel stories that work well. Do I have any trust or faith that they are capable of creating one of them? 
I guess maybe the Harry Mudd episode was so-so, but that seems like so long ago and so completely divorced from this just mess, this miasma of plot that I, I don't have much faith. Um, well, if nothing else for me, they're just going back to – they are going back to the plot I hated, which is the Klingons. Yeah, with the Klingons. Yeah. And they are sticking – I mean, sticking... we saw there's going to be Laurel. Yeah, they're like sticking with like the worst part of the Mirror Universe episode. Unless they find a way to land it, I will I will reserve judgment. If they if they find a way to make Giorgio's presence about some kind of realization for Burnham, as opposed to the vessel by which the next plot twist is delivered, then okay, that would be interesting. Um, yeah, it's I mean it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't it's really a have. Mess. It's a mess is what it is. Yeah, it's... yeah, it's just, I mean, everything happened because the plot said it had to happen, not because the story made sense that it happened. Like, even if I really wanted to torture forever, like a hundred dedicated anti-Kevin zealots, I would at least do it in a secure location. Yeah. Not not like an elevator right away from, from my seat of power. Like the literal... I mean, she seat. deserved to be deposed, yeah. She kept literally... You know, the army of her rival, uh, you know, downstairs. In suspended animation. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> or I know it's the agonizer, but blah, blah, blah. Um, also, I'm really, I really like the, the actress who plays Landry, uh, Rekha Sharma, I think her name is. I might be mispronouncing it and I apologize. She I, did not have anything good to do in this I episode. I know. Why do you keep doing that? She had lots of fun stuff to do in Battlestar. Do you need a grim ruthlessly practical like okay she wasn't quite that bad in the show I'm, I'm just saying like she can act i've watched her she can be a set she can fit well in a science fiction universe i watched her do it why bring her back just to give her a second pointless death you yard this woman twice and i i hope you at least got her like a fruit basket like it, it's just like it's uh, yeah <laughs> Ugh, just sad. As far as acting notes, I can't say anything really stuck yeah, out. Well, I mean, nothing was going to like, like even on the ship, like there were your, no real scenes. Right, your captain's yeah. not the captain. Okay, like, and that wasn't the actor's fault. There just wasn't a camera shot on any of them long enough to register a reaction. Like Saru should have a guilt spiral that he didn't detect anything and Tilly should have the core of her foundation shaken the person she looked ostensibly well, I don't know why that would look up to like like this should this should have iterative effects on all of the crew and if they had done the homework for character work it would and I just don't see them pausing long enough to have those conversations but yeah. I will say the, the one scene I liked kind of unabashedly almost so I guess slightly bashedly was Stamets and Tilly in, in engineering because in a vacuum in the four walls, you, you could like cut and paste that scene into another Star Trek episode and it would feel completely of a piece. The acting was fine. I agree. The dialogue was dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the acting was as good as it could be given the sort of, half-assed scenes they were given uh you know production wise i was really really annoyed by the use of shaky cam on static conversation shots it was like there were these set it happened for like minutes and minutes at a time you know it's like we've got 10 characters in a room and we're going to have you know an over-the-shoulder camera uh looking over burnham's shoulder at you know Lorca, and then a reverse angle you know, showing over his shoulder, right? And they just kept shaking the camera as if that somehow increased the drama. You know, I must be immune to it at this point. I honestly didn't notice it. It, it did it, not register to me. I, must... I mean, luck, luckily I was so uninterested in what they were saying that, you know, I was tending to look away. But when I was looking at it, 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 ugh, ugh. it, it it's the kind of stupid, lazy production shit that people try to do to make something that's dumb seem less dumb. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe I'm being a little harsh here, you know, but I noticed it and it was stupid and I didn't like it. Um, you know, like all the space stuff looked fine. All the uniforms looked fine. I, 
I wasn't a huge fan of the disintegration effect they had on the phasers set on kill. I thought it was, it looked like a video game. Yeah. You know, um, it was just like too quick or something It you couldn't really register the fact that these people were dying because they just sort of blinked out too quickly. On that note, the violence continues to grate. Like, it's just too, like, like, you I didn't don't like Lorca being impaled through the chest. Yeah, I don't need a goddamn red wedding every time I watch this fucking show. Like, it's just, it's getting a lot. Um, like I said, I, like, again, in a vacuum, cut and paste into something else. Michelle Yeoh and Burnham do really good martial arts together. Like, they, they, they clearly know what they're doing. Um, it's just, it does get to, and I liked the, one of the reviews I read, I think it was the AV Club pointed out that the fight in the hallway, which I agreed to go on too long, um, but it used all of the available technology in a way that wouldn't make sense for people with access to that technology. Like you would have force fields as shields and use the transporter when it got hairy and have automated turrets and things like all of that makes sense for the level of technology available, which I liked the what's the like the the fight choreography that went into it like it worked as well as this style of storytelling is going to it is not my cup of tea but i acknowledge it is at least not shit tea um in those like again the scene went on too long it is not of a piece with other star trek narratives that it it claims it's a part of but if i if, if the show were just called discovery and they weren't wearing the little chevron badges this would be a mildly to moderately to vary depending on the actor on screen entertaining piece of science fiction action popcorn movie here well here's the thing it's like the the fights are comp the fight scenes are competent right and i could stomach it if it was like oh wow we're in the mirror universe so nobody's discussing anything and they're just resorting to violence right away but that's not the case every other fight scene has been like this too you know, people charge into some place and just try to, you know, kick ass and <laughs> and kill the opposition, which is not very Star Trek. You know, I don't mean to sound like some sort of bitter fanboy, but that's not my Star Trek. You know, my Star Trek is where Captain Picard, you know, goes into a situation and talks to the other people out of this, you know, out of doing what they're going to do. Right. Or Captain Kirk goes and maybe has a brief fist fight with somebody and then talks them out of what they were going to do, you know, or uses logic to make the computer self-destruct or whatever, <laughs> right? This is just like, okay, how many guns do we have? Do we have enough guns? Okay. Can we use the guns to kill the other people? Good. It's it's very Battlestar. It's, it's, it's a very war show thing. And it would have been okay if it it's like wow we're in the mirror universe and that's just how people do things here right but it's been practically every episode well, i've said, I've said that before star trek has done violence but even the most violent like the like siege of ar 558 a pretty violent episode of Deep space nine it works because it's the exception right well and it's also an indictment of said same violence yeah violence is bad like look <laughs> how bad it is look at the long-term effects of it like yeah, like like when Star Trek goes to that place, usually it's to indict violence, not just like it. It, it uh, the point of using it in the story is to demonstrate its futility as a tool. Like that's in, and that's interesting because that's dramatic irony and a moral lesson and interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like I feel like a broken record at this point. It's like it can't. I it's like even like like it's to take a slight step back I'm not not enjoying myself I'm not in love I mean it's it's a you know interesting enough 43 minutes and I I keep I, I keep asking myself this like if this weren't packaging itself as Star Trek would I I think I'd be able to enjoy it more maybe and something one of my friends who really likes discovery but has not watched the last two episodes cuz she was traveling and I'm very curious to get her opinion like she did not know TOS. I don't know if she watched TNG as much, or certainly I don't think as often. Because I think very few people have watched TNG as often as I have. I mean, it's a small group. Um, but I think I'm probably in, in that the group. group. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in that we're in that data cluster. But I do wonder 
if part of this is they do not reflexively compare it to all the Star Trek that came before. And in a way, I'm almost jealous because they apparently are having a great time and I feel like I'm making myself miserable. Like maybe this is like some exercise in like, uh, you know, Buddhist detachment. Like I have to let go of uh, everything I care about in order to find serenity in the world. But it's like, yeah, if it weren't consciously making me think about previous versions of Star Trek that I like more, I might like this show a hell of a lot more. Like, like all of the plot twists that have happened are par for the course on a Shonda Rhyme show. And I love Shonda Rhyme shows. I did give up on Scandal at one point, um, but I'm right there for how to get away with murder. Love it to pieces. The ridiculousness is in its own way a selling point for me. Like, I'm there to watch this completely absurd, unrealistic depiction of people who have no understanding of the law be dramatic at each other, anchored by one of the most gifted actresses of our day. Um, that's fun for me. That is that is a Thursday night with a cocktail and unwinding from work is watching that wonderfully insane show. But I don't feel about it the same way I feel about Star Trek. And I'm I'm trying to like parse out this like weird feeling of like if they if it were if it were anything if it were called Star Wars Discovery, would I enjoy this more? And I think the answer is yes, which yeah, causes a whole set of other things that I think about where I go on this recursive loop if I'm being too hard, but then I get to care about, like, just like I can't dictate to other people what they should care about to be real Trekkies, they in turn cannot dictate to me what I care about to be a real Trekkie. Um, and it's not, I mean, I'm not angry at Discovery. I was angry at the Abrams movies and remain a kind of low-level pilot-like level of anger and always will because they were terrible and he's terrible and they were terrible. But I'm not mad at Discovery. And maybe it's because between Burnham, Saru, a little bit of statements depending on the episode, like there's enough of of what I think could even even in a ruthless assessment be called real Star Trek. Those characters, even if the scripts are not serving them, the actors clear the characters via their actors clearly believe it, and the dialogue we do get about their character and views of the world clearly comport with the Star Trek we like. They are not being served by stories that would enhance and explore those positions, but I think I think even that was obviously lacking from from the Abrams movies. So I'm not mad at Discovery, and I'll watch season two, sure. Um, I, I just, um, it's, it's never going to, I, I think I've now gone to a point where it's just not going to be appointment television for me. And that's kind of how, yeah, that's where I am. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it. There is enough there for me to enjoy and keep watching. Um, but unless, uh, unless they are correct and the plot they have cooked up for season two is going to be just way more science fiction human, secular humanist morality plays this will always just be like oh okay that was that yeah i don't like it that much <laughs> i i think it's badly written and i feel like my time is being wasted for far too much of the runtime of a given episode i didn't feel that way in the first four or five episodes uh even with the klingon shit which was horrible I think we can agree. Yeah. Um, you know, now because of just the insane, you know, like frenetic over-reliance well, I mean, on a, twists. A, yeah, ounce for ounce, we've gotten more shocking twists. Like, they've destroyed the... They've almost, like, hobbled their own ability to do twists because twists require something even minimally to be unexpected. And, Some stability. Right, yeah. now nothing can be unexpected. Like, like... It is is Cornwell mirror Cornwell? Could be. We can always yeah. decide so. We can always make her so later. Um, Why the hell not? Yeah. And maybe that's the other thing, too. The, the way they've... And I, I've been following some of the discussion of, of Culber on Twitter. And that's just a mistake. Don't follow things on Twitter. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of people arguing, in good faith, they, like like the Treaty of Algeron, they're, they're coming from a place of good faith, that... Killing Culber was not a barrier gaze trope that the show is not done with him. My problem is, even if they manage to get him back, it's going to cheapen death itself because they'll just, you know, triple blood him back to life. Um, 
But uh, where was I going with this? Um, it's more like every plot, like the show has to have something going on normally to make abnormal interesting. Not everything can be abnormal. And like even the way they've left the door theoretically open for Culber, if that's indeed what they've done, it's like you almost never have the courage of your storytelling. Like the part of like the one thing I unabashedly loved about the whole mere plot was them killing Lorca completely on screen in a, because it meant that absent even what would be absurd writing for them, it's he's done. He has to be done. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so like, I just, I, I, if I know that you can undo death itself with the, fl with the flick of a pen um, and not care about the details, that means you never actually have to commit to something. So even if you don't like a decision, you're never stuck living with it because you can just reboot it midstream and package it as another shocking twist. And that's that's just kind of that, that that is less interesting narrative for me. And before I get added with all the times Star Trek has brought a character back from the dead, the biggest example being Spock. That was interesting because it cost Kirk so much. He got back his best friend at the cost of his son and his ship. That is like Greek tragedy levels of dramatic irony. That like it that by making it cost so much and take so much from him, but still ultimately be viewed by the character as if not worth it per se, certainly not, you know, a waste. That gives Spock's resurrection not just the narrative convenience, but narrative heft. I care. Kirk, Kirk had real emotional fallout. Right. Yeah. And that is interesting. Um, so, you know, or like um, I, I referenced The Visitor last week. I was thinking about th this is what I do. I am constantly questioning my own opinions. It's starting to get exhausting. But like uh, Visitor, we OK, here, here, here. The Visitor trips, gets close to tripping the wires of a lot of things we've said just now we don't like. Like we knew Cisco was not obviously going to stay dead. So we undid a character death very inside the confines of the episode. So what makes the visitor work where this one doesn't? Um, because Jake has emotions that we can empathize with and understand right. based on our prior experience with the character. Right. The story was not about will they save Cisco? By we know he's going to be saved, so that's not where the story hung its hat. The story was watching the emotional fallout. And in a science fiction context, like what if you, I mean you have kids? If you jump to like the next, if you jump to like you know ninety year old Teddy, who said he was going to like kill himself to bring you back, it would be a weirdly emotionally wrenching experience. I assume, right? Yes. <laughs> like yes, it would. Yeah. So it's like that's interesting. Like you managed to take like, and for all of our criticism of Jake as a somewhat underwritten character. Um, which, as a side note, I've come to actually appreciate over the years. I kind of like that he wasn't another Wesley. I kind of like that he was just, he is a teenager, then an adult, lives in this universe, has a job, dates, goes to restaurants. Like, I kind of like that about that character in retrospect. But my ultimate point, one of the most successful, most fully realized relationships on that show was Cisco and his son. Every moment they were on screen together, they looked and acted and radiated father-son bond. So yeah. playing with that, after you established, like, you couldn't do The Visitor in season one of Deep Space Nine. They've done, like, ten visitors, you know, in the space of three episodes. And it's, yeah, it's it's tiring. So, yeah. Okay, so. I, th I, I think this is a two. Yeah, me too. I was so, cl I was close to giving it a three in this way of, like, I'm watching enjoyably produced popcorn movie and I couldn't quite get myself there there were if if they had come back nine months before and told me they were going to hit the universe reset button and prevent at least Culber's death possibly even Burnham's um actions at the battle of the binary stars as annoying as I normally find the galactic reset button I would have pushed it myself <laughs> oh I was yeah I was when they said we overshot by nine months, I was hoping they meant nine months in the past. And that, yeah, it's like it, it would be kind of a laborious plot if done poorly. But, you know, a, there could be an interesting show where Invisible Future Discovery tries to undo all the mistakes of, you know, 
past discovery. Yeah, yeah but that, that's not where that's not where we are. I mean, we're I just going to get more Klingon nipples and more mushmouth bullshit. I assume we're going to end up in the past. We have to. I mean, they wouldn't have said nine months. They like I almost I almost feel like it's Chekhov's temporal displacement. Like like the very fact that they ended up in the wrong time with such a negative consequence pretty much flags they're going to go back in time to fix it, right? Yeah, presumably. Uh, they're going to have to come up with some other mechanism un- until they just, you know, reset the whole spore shit. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, they do the warp 10 around the sun thing <laughs> before the Enterprise figures it out. Well, here's, Maybe. The, here's the other thing. Why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and if nothing else, Discovery knows about the Defiant now. Like, what are the ethics of letting the Defiant go to that fate? Like, Another question that could be interestingly explored by a quieter show. <laughs> but will not be done. Um, yeah. I, I will say... I was, I, I was too bored for too much of this episode to consider it a three. I was... A, um, a three is engaging. I was, I was not engaged. I was passively engaged, if uh, if that's a thing. Um, I will say the io9 and AV Club reviews have become like literally my internal monologues when I read them the next when I read them on Monday morning I'm like get get out of my head but I'm also thrilled because it means I'm not alone I was like like I would get into conversations with people about at least one or more of the Abrams movies that made me feel like that made me question my own sanity and my own value system where I'm like are we watching different movies am I hyper am i hypercritical shrew i don't know anymore but when like other writers whose work i enjoy reading are like nope i almost rage quit after the Lorca reveal i'm like oh thank god it's not just me <laughs> so all right that's a four for what's past is prologue and who knows what the future will bring <laughs> presumably this is a prologue of things to come uh, the show is what it is. It has not shocked me. <laughs> yeah. You know, that I had a, a little tiny bubble, a smattering of hope initially. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that, I had a smattering at the beginning, and I had a smattering, even a stronger smattering at the midseason break. Like, they were doing such interesting work in the Mirror Universe, at least for Burnham, that I, like, absent the whole Vok nonsense... Would have been a really, really good couple of episodes. Um, so I was actually like, they impressed me the number of times they managed to happily subvert my expectations, but then they also did it in bad ways and then just dragged it back down. But, uh, well, two, two more to go. I mean, yep. one, one way or another, the story has to end, right? <laughs> uh, presumably, they're going to solve the whole Klingon war thing. Possibly by the end of next episode, but certainly by the end of the next two episodes. And then there will be a new twist that will kick off season two. You know, what will the twist be? Maybe they'll show up in TNG era Star Trek and uh, who knows? Why the hell not? Maybe they'll go back to 21st century Earth. You know, maybe they'll undo first contact. Who knows? I probably shouldn't say those things aloud. See, I'm still actually impressed that they didn't do a fake out with the Stamitzes. I was really expecting Mir Stamets and Prime Stamets to have been reversed, but I think they would have a hard time justifying even that. Like, <laughs> it's the little things you got to hang your hat on. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. I, I do also question if this is like, are you enjoying discussing these? I. I will say that being so consistently and thoroughly annoyed by Discovery and what I perceive to be its uh, deficiencies in quality has made me appreciate uh, the art of story construction and writing and you know character development and things like that. Uh, you know, I always loved TOS, TNG, you know, DS9, Voyager, like even Enterprise. <laughs> this show has certainly made Enterprise increase in my estimation. See, I haven't watched Enterprise in its entirety yet, so I am curious 
what the clash will be when we get there. And, you know, going back, it's not like we're Star Trek apologists. It's not that Star Trek has done no wrong. We've harped on some episodes and yeah. some movies. And I, I think we are, if not impartial, I mean, to the extent that, you know, impartiality could is really a thing. Um, I think we're rigorous. We're, we're not, we don't give next gen a pass just because we loved it as kids right like like no there, i don't think we do there's a lot uh, of season one and two that is pretty not great and we we're, call we're not completely uninitiated fans you know we're, we're not you know watching it for the first time ever and rating it based on our appreciation of other things but, I mean, we're, we, but we're also not like to, we don't have rose-colored glasses on yeah we're not like the star wars fans where it's like this is different than all of other star wars which was perfect like honey it wasn't even even empire strikes back technically doesn't have an ending the movie doesn't end it just stops it's a great movie right up until it stops so we all let it go but it technically doesn't have an ending just putting that out there um so and i believe we apply that level of rigor like i've given fours to episodes i love that i want to give fives to and i've given twos to episodes that i'm like oh, i have to like i love loxana troy to pieces i hope to be her when i grow up but they were not great episodes there was a great actress and a fun idea for a character that only about one time out of five did they really get the ball to the fairway in a reasonable number of swings yeah but I think my ability to parse out what I like and why I like it from when they don't do the things I like well means I'm at least an adequate, you know, thinker, right? So it's just, I, I'm trying very hard. Like, <sighs> I I am trying not to be that guy who sucks the fun out of things. Like, like the people who are like, well, there's no Kirk and Spock, therefore it is not Star Trek, so I won't like next gen on spec. I don't want to be that guy. And I don't think we're that guy, right? No. No, I don't think we are. Like, I, I, I'm trying my best to be objective. <laughs> I am in a place where I'm just, by default, annoyed. You know, uh, But I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint the things that work in an episode. Yeah, I'm by There's default, just not that many of them. Yeah, I'm by default neutral. Like, the show, I, I don't expect the show to excite me. But by the same token, the show can't disappoint me. So even if the show does things that aren't great, I just kind of go, mm, that happened. T t time passed. I grew 43 minutes older. Now it's time for bed. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, we should go. Yeah. So live long and prosper, everybody. See you next week.